it's just really letting go of the idea of who we think we are, all the stories about ourselves, um, and then just tapping into who we feel that we enjoy being the most. Who do I enjoy being when I'm not having to perform for other people or do what I think I should do? So it's just letting go of that and then just actually kind of listening to myself and trusting myself, following what I'm curious in and what I'm interested in. The authentic or the true self is who we are beyond what we've learned or what we've been told we are or what society tells us. John, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Yeah, all good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Now, man, pleasure. I'm, I'm uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of the work that you do and, and what you share. And I know that you've been on like a, a big transformational journey in, in recent months. So um, I guess the place that seems the best to start is like what what's changed for you over the, the last sort of six months or so? Yeah. What's been changing? Lots has been changing. It's uh, hard to hard to pinpoint something, um, but I feel like really what I've been leaning in more to is just getting back to myself, my authentic self, which is a place I got to around five or so years ago, um, and then after getting there, it's just been like slowly slipping further away, and then over the last six months, it's just been getting back to that place of feeling more comfortable in my own skin so that what I'm doing and creating, whether it's in my coaching business or being with my family or being with friends is just something that I'm choosing to do that I'm enjoying doing um, and feeling aligned with it rather than just feeling stressed or frustrated or just reacting automatically, which, you know, get pulled into at times. So it's really being more in that place. And then from there, it's enjoying life more, you know, enjoying being in the business and enjoying um, working with people and, and doing all the different things I've been doing. Mm, yeah, I like that. And so what what's the the authentic self then that you 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 feel like you've previously experienced yourself as? So it's a, it's a deep question. <laughs> it's a deep what we question. do around here. Yeah, what we do. <laughs> fantastic. So um, yeah, it's, it's just really letting go of the idea of who we think we are, um, all the stories about ourselves. Um, and then just tapping into who we feel that we enjoy being the most. Like, what do we enjoy being? Who do I enjoy being when I'm not having to perform for other people or be somebody for other people or do what I think I should do? Um, so it's just letting go of that and then just actually kind of listening to myself and trusting myself and following what I'm curious in and what I'm interested in and then aligning with that. So it's really that the authentic or the true self is who we are beyond what we've learned or what we've been told we are or what society tells us that we are. You know, society might say, well, men don't cry or you should dress like this or you should be a certain way. And then we get convinced that that's maybe what we should do or we should fall into a load of for me, it was the rules. Like um, we, we've we spoke about this in coaching conversations and about, you know, the rules that keep me trapped of I, I should do this and I should do that. And they become so real. It's like, a, it's just like, then it's me. Um, and the true self is just who I am when there are no rules. Mm. Right? If I want them, keep them and have them. But if I don't just let go and then who am I beyond that? And then that's, that's really exciting. It's freedom. Mm. And, and, and what, how did you recognize then, like you said, you'd noticed in the, in the, in the, in the last few months that you've been out of integrity with yourself, you've, you've been inauthentic in a way. What, 
how did you notice that what what was the was there one thing that was like sticking out for you or was it like a series of things that kind of just were pointing towards that it's really a feeling of knowing that you know i've been very fortunate that i'm doing coaching full-time and that's what i choose to do and i really enjoy doing it i've got like beautiful wife to two beautiful children and um really great life but then i'm not feeling fully engaged in it and like something's off so it's like if i have what i've chosen for myself that i want and then i'm still not feeling fulfilled or happy when i know i could be what's not working like what's not right and doing that discovery to to find that out because i can't i can't see all that because it's it's happening and i'm unaware of that and and it's really kind of finding out what's what's getting in the way and and why and uh there's lots of different ways to do that inquiry there's um meditation you know taking time out from the busyness i realized that i was busy and running around to the point where the thought of just going down to the shop to go and get something without having some headphones in and listening to something and being productive was like alien to me and that was something i realized before and had to let go of so it was just doing that that inquiry and just kind of having an, an honest look at myself. But the main main thing that made me aware of that was just, I just didn't feel happy in myself. So if I'm not happy in myself, then there's something not being expressed or there's something not happening um, that needs to be taken a look at. Mm, I love that. And what it's, one of my favorite sayings is, um, our inauthenticity is leaving us exhausted. And I know that that's how I feel when when I'm like being inauthentic with what I want or how I'm showing up or the way in which I'm doing things or the way in which I'm being with my girlfriend or in my business. I feel exhausted because it's like it's like I'm on a constant chase. And I've noticed recently that like I've been chasing the feeling of success or like, you know, success in inverted commas, right? Like success in business, success in relationship. And it's been like when I get to X point, then I'll feel Y, but it doesn't work like that because the feeling of Y is accessible to us in any moment. And it's not because X has happened that you can feel Y, it's that you're feeling Y because that's what you think you should be feeling in that moment because of, you know, you've, you've, you've achieved said thing. And I've, I've definitely fallen into that trap recently is like, I want to, I, I thought like when I got my business to like a certain point or when I earn a, a certain amount of money or when I, you know, I've just moved, like when I moved back into this flat and when my relationship was at a certain point that I would feel why and it just didn't happen because it's not, it's not, it's not those things that create the feelings in me. The feelings are only coming from me, you know, they're only being created from me. So it's like, if that's the case, if that's true, if I'm going to, if I'm being authentic, I can create those, that feeling, that experience that I'm chasing in these other things in, in anything that I do. And then life, you know, starts to align and starts to feel a lot more, I guess, like you said, authentic in a way. Yeah, definitely. Cause there's that imposter syndrome that we all experience to some degree. And if we're going into a new job or a new career or something new, we feel like an imposter because we're doing it and we've never done it. It's like, 
even a kid getting on a bike for the first time, they're a bike imposter because they've never ridden it before. And But we need that confidence to step up and do things we've never done. So we're going to need to feel like an imposter at some points. And that's part of the game. But when you have a constant feeling of being an imposter, which I've had, it's just a sign that maybe I'm pretending to be something I'm not in other areas or all the time because if it's it's something that can be there when it's when you're in something new because you're stepping into it but then if it's there beyond that then there's something else that's not being expressed and it's a difference between what's happening on the outside and then what's being said on the inside and there's an incongruence between the two that creates that dissatisfaction and um yeah i've certainly experienced like having what i've wanted and then not having the fulfillment behind that and realizing how bigger role our thinking around it creates like so um over the last couple of months one of the shifts that has happened is uh, had a big jump in followers on instagram so i went from having something like seventeen thousand followers i think it was something like that yeah and then jumping straight up to a hundred thousand followers in just a matter of like two weeks and i'd been visualizing that and that was a goal that i set and wrote down and it was something that i would like say mantras about and think about and what would that be like to have it and it would feel great and and I'd be really excited about it more people to be able to impact and share a message with um and then it happened and there were loads of different feelings that I had around it but it it wasn't it was kind of surreal and then I didn't nothing really changed and then I went back to just keeping putting out content but it's just the numbers had changed And there were way more people commenting and interacting um, than I'd had before. And there was a big adjustment to that in terms of, you know, getting a few messages each day to getting like 20 messages each or 30 or 40 messages each day. Um, But what had happened inside me was that nothing actually happened. So it's like this goal that I thought, well, when I get to 100,000 followers, then I'll be set and everything will be great and life will be easy. But life's the same. It doesn't get easier. It just gets different, (laughs) but it's how we're thinking about it and what's happening that creates those feelings. And if I'm not appreciative of that and I don't have gratitude for it, then I won't feel uh, satisfaction about it or fulfillment about it. So it's what we're doing with what's happening that makes us feel a certain way. And that was a real wake up call because then even it's setting the next goal for me, there isn't another goal of how many followers I want. Like that was where I wanted to get to. And now I'm there. It's like, I don't want to go to a million like that. Mm-hmm. It might happen. It might not. I don't really care. But it's it's then seeing, well, what where are we get, trying to get to? Because <laughs> we're always trying to get somewhere and then missing out on where we are. And it's just this constant reminder of that. Hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's like the uh, I, I wrote a post on on well, Facebook and Instagram, and it was like around this this distinction that I created around everything's changed, but nothing's changed, and it's kind of what you just said. Like for you, everything's changed with your Instagram. You went from you know seventeen thousand to a hundred thousand, and you thought like when I get to this place, like I will feel better or I will you know have X or Y or Z. But actually, what happened is nothing changed because the external things can't give you the, the, you know, the, the, the feeling or the, the, the experience that you actually want, because they're not, it's not in those things. It's not something that comes from us outside of us. It's something that comes from us within us. And I've really seen that, man. Like I was reflecting on, on, on the year and I was like, 
everything has changed for me. Like my business is like the best it's ever been. I'm earning more money now than when I was working full time. I've moved back into where I want to be. My relationship's in a great place. Like everything has changed compared to this time last year. Whereas it didn't also nothing's changed. You know, I don't feel any different because of that. It doesn't make me feel any better or any worse or it hasn't changed anything within me. But because I have been changing internally, the ex external has kind of caught up and followed. And it's such an interesting thing because I, I, I'd love to hear your your um, ideas on this. Like why, why you think that we get it the wrong way around of like when I get to X or when I have X, then I can feel Y. Yeah, I think it's because we have been trained to think that way. Like we've been trained to think that when we get a certain thing, then it will make us feel different because that's what most people think. And so that's how we just get caught up in that world of that's how the world goes. Like it kind of gets compounded by society where it's people are trying to sell you stuff. And they say, well, when you get this car or when you get this house or when you get this new product, then you're going to feel amazing. It's going to give you what you want. It's just marketing. Um, and then we're in this constant dissatisfaction of getting there and never having it. And I've been a sucker for this because I'm a massive sucker for like the $17 product that gets advertised to me on like Facebook or Instagram. And it's like, these three keys will transform this area of your life. And I'm like, amazing. And I'd get it. And I'm like, I already knew that. Like I've read that in about 10 different books and they've just presented it in a different way. And there's no, the one thing I've searched for many times and never found is the magic bullet of like, mm -hmm. well, when you've got this, you'll have the confidence you want. Or when you've got this, you'll, you'll love yourself. When you've got this, everything will be great in your life. And it's being able to let go of that, which is a scary thought initially, because it's like, well, no, no, you don't get it. When I've got that, things will be great. But if you don't change where you are, you get to somewhere new and you bring where you are to it. Because mm. then the thing outside of you gives you the happiness, the product that you get gives you the happiness for me if I get to the followers well then the hundred thousand followers then makes me happy or makes me feel more confident or makes me feel more accomplished as a coach or as a creator but then you get there and realize that that number changed and you didn't mm. so then the whole kind of like process is flawed and then I know that I've been in a fantasy world in my head before of I would play the game when I first set up my Instagram account of if I had thousands of followers, how would I be? And I just started being like that, talking to people like that, engaging with people like that, like what I was doing was important and it mattered, even though part of me tried to fight that. And then that started to happen and start to be present because that's who I was being in the moment. So it's really kind of seeing that we, we're choosing how we see things. And then that creates the feelings that we have. Um, and if we're waiting for something to change externally, we're going to be so reliant on that thing. And even when you get it, it doesn't change what's going on inside you. Mm. T tell me more about that that process of of being the person, you know, being who you want to become first rather than waiting for the thing to happen to become that person. Yeah, I think the, the most important place to start is to look at who, and I know you spoke recently with Andrew Menane, and I, I had a conversation with him a, a few weeks back, and um, he reminded me of this because I completely forgot. And he was like, when you want to discover who you are, look at who you're not. 
And that's exactly where it is. If we want to be a certain way, we need to look at who we're, who we're not and who we're not being. Um, because if we're wanting to get to, let's just say someone sets up an Instagram account, they want 100,000 followers. And then they're going, well, when I get 100,000 followers, I'm going to be more confident. I'm going to have more stuff and everything's going to be great. Where are they coming from? It's they're coming from a place of I don't have a hundred thousand followers or I don't have the confidence to do it, so they're going to be really shaky. So they're not going to be coming from that place, and it's always going to be out of reach. Everything's going to be like it's out of out of grasp. But if they come from a place of well, who would I need to be to to have a hundred thousand followers, or what would that be like for me? How would I be showing up? Like how confident would I be? What actions would I take? How many times would would I be posting? What would I be sharing? then now they're coming from that place and it's then the goal will then gravitate towards them. And if it mm. does great. And if it doesn't, they're going to be living in the world of a hundred thousand followers anyway. So it doesn't matter. So then you're not chasing it and kind of chasing something that's in the distance, trying to change, but you're actually being it. And it's kind of leading us almost towards a conversation around like transformation um, versus just change or getting information or like reading more books or getting more strategies in order to fix something that you essentially don't really need to fix. Mm, I love that. And it, it, it reminds me of like, it's like the transformation thing that like you said is so, it's so impactful. And when I think back on like some of the stuff that I've done in my life or the, the, the way that my life has, has unfolded and changed so much is because I've never really been someone who's just taken on information and then just be like, okay, cool. I know the information. Let me wait and see what happens. I've always put things to action. Like I've always used the information to take action, which then creates the transformation. Like I've always been in the process of becoming the person that I, you know, wanted to be. I nearly said needed to be, it don't need to be anything wanted to be um, in order to, to, you know, create the things that I wanted to create, like the podcast, like the, the you know, the, when I set out with the podcast, like back in 2017, I was like, if if one person listens to an episode, amazing. If 100 people listen, amazing. If a 1,000 people listen, amazing. If 100,000 people listen, amazing. Like I didn't, I didn't have like a, a thing of like, oh, when I get to this point, then I'll be happy with it. It was more just like, if, you know, my podcast was going to be the most impactful podcast it could be, who would I need to be as a host and how would I need to, you know, show up on the podcast and and how would I need to be with my guests and how would I need to, you know, whatever and all of that stuff. And it's been a continual unfolding of who I'm becoming in that process. It's never just been like, okay, let me just wait until I get like a really big name guest and then I can start being more confident in it. It's like, no, be that person first, like be the person who has the best you know, podcast in the world. And I say it and I'm, I'm happy to say it right here and now. I've never said it on the microphone before, but like, I think I've got one of the most underrated podcasts in the world, hands down. I think it's one of the best podcasts out there because not because it's an ego thing, but because that's my commitment is to sit here and record the best episodes I can record either solo or with people like you who are doing amazing things in the world. And I had to start being that person first. I had to start living that commitment first and not wait for like, oh, when I get to that point, then I can start being that person. And it's, it's, and I think, you know, someone who's an amazing example of that is, um, is Gary V. If you look at his journey, he was like, I'm the man. 
Like when it comes to wine, I'm the man. When it comes to marketing, I'm the man. When it comes to this, I'm the man. And I'm being it right now. And that's why he continues to build and grow and have the, you know, the things that he wants in life is because he's being the person first and then he's creating from that place. And he's not like waiting until he gets to the place to then create. And that's powerful. It's really powerful. And I think it's, you use the word underestimated, I think it was for your podcast. And the power in that is that it's underestimated how much power is in this way of being that you're talking about. Because what it is, is that you are being the person that you want to be in the future, but there's a real authenticness about it, which is congruent. So if you look at Gary Vee, whether you like him or not, he's being himself. Mm. And that means you don't have to guess, is Gary Vee lying to me or is he saying one thing and then he's going somewhere else? No, you just get what you see. And if you like him, great. If you don't like him, great. But at least you know what you've got. And because he's okay in that and he's authentic in that, he just blasts his way through and he also does things that interest him, like going to garage sales and whatever else he does that, you know, for me is like no interest at all. But I find mm. him interesting as a character because... He's himself. And I think there's a lot to learn about that. And it's one of the things that I like about you as a coach and which drew me to you as a coach is that there's no guesswork in that. Is Alex trying to be confident right now? Or is he trying to do something right now? You get what you see because you're being who you are and even stepping into the future version. And it's even like imposter syndrome, right? If we're stepping into the version of us that we've not been like a kid riding a bike and they've never ridden it before if you're being that way now, there's a congruence in it. So there's no mm. guesswork. So you're already there. And because you're already there, you don't need to be anywhere else. So you're not like worrying about that or striving for it, but you can sit in that. And so there's a power in it because it's true for you. Not true as in like real, because that's a whole probably an even deeper conversation to go to, mm. but it's believing what you're saying. Um, the same way, you know, when you have a conversation with someone and they say like, Hey, I really like you. And you just feel it because it's true versus someone saying, Oh, I like you. And it's like, do they, or don't they? Because they're just saying stuff. But this way is like, you're being congruent. So you're already being that person. And so by being in that world, there's, there's a lot of strength in that. Mm. And the way I think about it is like, you, you think of, if you go to a party and if you're going to a party and you're like, oh, I'm feeling really flat, but I hope I go to this party and there's someone there that's going to like lift me up and, and make me feel better. And you go to the party and you're like looking around and you'll know the person who they show up and everyone's like, oh, you can't, they walk in the room and they light the room up. I've got a friend called Dines and whenever he shows up, he's like got, he's just a great kind of energy and he walks in and people love seeing him and he brings that kind of energy every time he's, he's there. And, um, and I can think of a few people like that and they're bringing that in. But when you're going in going, oh, I need somebody else to make me feel good, to bring the party, then it's like waiting for that to happen outside. And then what happens next time you're flat? Oh, well, I wish someone else would show up and they'll bring something interesting or at talk, bring some interesting questions and you're kind of waiting, 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 waiting. The other way to do it is, well, who do I need to be to have a really good time at this party tonight? And we mm. can turn that on at any moment. And it's not inauthentic if we choose to show up that way. If yeah. we're doing it because we want other people, who do I need to be so that other people like me? 
who do I need to be so that I can impress other people becomes inauthentic because your intention or your goal is, is that. Mm. But if we're saying, who do I need to be to, to bring some real fun to this party and go and enjoy myself, you'll show up and you'll be someone that want people want to be around because they want to be around someone who has fun, enjoys themselves. And that's what they're doing. And again, so it's like you as a coach, you're clearly being someone who wants to serve and make a difference. And that's why you can say what you say about your podcast, because it's just true for you. Mm. And and that's it. That's the key. It's it's the you is the key part, right? Like even in, in that example of like being at the party, it's like, what does it look like for you to be the life and soul of the party or have the best time at the party for you? It's not Alex's way. It's not John's way. You know, if I went to the party and I was like, oh, for me to be the life and soul of the party or to have the most fun, I need to show up like John or I need to show up like this person, then I'm being inauthentic within myself. What does it look like for me, right? And as you were saying that, I was thinking that if I was at a party and I was, for some reason I was picturing a house party and like what would be the way for me to have the most fun generally speaking and it's not all the time generally speaking if i'm being authentic to myself i'm the person who's in the kitchen or the garden having deep conversations with people i'm not trying to buzz around the room i'm not trying to be like this big energy you know you know i don't know ball or whatever i'm the person who's just having a really interesting deep conversation with someone about life or the universe or the stars or something and that's me having fun and that but that's authentic to me to other people, it might look like bouncing around the room, talking to a hundred different people. For other people, it might be something entirely different. But it's like the 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 only the only way to really be authentic to who you are is to be you. And that's that's the, for me that's the key that I was missing for a long time. And I still do sometimes. I still try and show up like I see other people showing up in coaching or online or in conversations or you know, as a podcast host or whatever, even sometimes as a writer, I try to write like other people because, oh, I like that. I like the way that they write, but it's like, it's not authentic to me. So it doesn't flow as easy. It's, it's, it's almost too much of a challenge. And then I get exhausted by it. Whereas when I just let things flow as me, everything's a lot smoother and a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable. And then, like you said, you know, people and and things get attracted to you. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important what you're talking about because I had an insight around that over the last few days of how I realized that when I'm off, I'm trying to be confident in a way that I think somebody else is. So I did this for many years. I thought that to be confident meant to be extroverted because my friends that were really confident they would just be out socializing, chatting to people. It'd be really easy and they would be, you know, like winning people over and all this stuff. And I was like, so that's what I need to be like to be confident. And I could try that and do that. And it would work some of the time. But the problem was that even when it worked, I was really unsatisfied afterwards because it's like, well, I kind of won the game, but then where do I go next? And there's just this constant like chasing for it to work for people to like it or for it to work out and then feeling unsatisfied but then realizing that actually my way of confidence compared to an extrovert, because I'm more introverted, my way of confidence compared to an extrovert is completely different. 
like for you, it's having deep conversations. Now I love that as well. I would love deep conversations with people, but it's also in ways for me that I might maybe can't even describe, but it's just, I might be more quiet or I might just be more quirky or tell like a silly joke that someone else who's confident would never tell. Cause they'd be like, well, you're geeky or you're a bit weird or whatever. But for me, confidence is actually just being all right with that. Like it's feeling like comfortable in that even when other people don't. And I think there's like a real deep power in that. Mm. It's, do you know what? It's so funny. Like <laughs> I was watching something on, on, I think it was on TikTok the other day and it was um, th- th- this uh, person's account and they were, um, they were watching the Avengers movies or like the, the Marvel, you know, cinematic universe movies for the first time. And um, they, what I think they were doing like a review of like the Avengers movie or something. And one of the things that really stood out for me in the review it was like, and it was like a one minute video or two minutes or something, but it was like, they said, Tony Stark is a brilliant character because Tony Stark, Iron Man, for anyone who doesn't know, he's just being himself and he's relentlessly himself. And yeah, he's a bit of a mess sometimes. And he's a bit of a, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, extrovert. And he's a bit of a, vagabond and he's a bit of this and he's a bit of that and he's a bit you know a a bit reckless is probably another word you can throw in the mix but he's being him and that's what makes him so compelling as a character you know as a as a you know if you even want to look into like the comics as a as a character in the comics he's so compelling because he's just being him there's no there's 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 a lack of inauthenticity there it's like a hundred percent authenticity for him and that's what makes him so great and like what I'm hearing and what you're saying is like everyone's version of that is going to be different. You know, everyone's version is going to be different. Everyone's Tony Stark is going to be different, you know? And that that's like one thing that I've really been leaning into. And the more and the more that I lean into it, the more that I see changes, you know, around me because I start to, you know, draw in more things, you know, through that authenticity. And that's like, I think that's something that... that I think a lot of people don't really see, you know, they think like, oh, I need to be like this person and then I can have this and then I have this. And, and it's like, no, be you first. Yeah. And, and it requires the courage to stand out because when we're being ourselves, if we're, we're different, that's what we, we have an idea of what being competent is or what being a, a certain way is. And it's a society based idea, which then has a whole box that we need to fit into to be like that. And so to be ourselves um, and really feel comfortable about that means standing out because we're all, each one of us is unique and different. And that's magnificent if we start to lean into that because we can bring something that nobody else in the world can, which Mm. is really, really exciting. Like in whatever craft you are, if you're a coach, you're going to be like the most unique coach that can coach people in a way nobody else can. If you're a tennis player, you're going to have a serve in a, you know, you might have been influenced by other people, but you're going to have a unique serve that's unique to you. Like whatever you do, you bring yourself to that role. And this is the thing to know that even if you're trying to copy someone, you're still going to be copying them in your way. So you might as well just be your own version and then draw from bits that work from other people that you're interested in and that you like, uh, use that as well, but bringing it back to you. And I think the the thing about this as well is it's not like a, you, I find you go the complete other way. So for me, when I was, I didn't really know who I was up until the age of 30. And then I discovered that, right, I'm not who I think I am. 
and I actually can be whoever I want to be. So I went the complete opposite and I'd like dress by some like really, like I went from dressing like super boring to like, I mean, even now I dress pretty boring. I wear black t-shirt most days and whatever, but I, I mix up occasionally. I've got that in, in, in my pocket now, but before it was like, black I, t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe great. Let's not steady on now. Let's, let's not go too far. Don't deviate from the black, but um, yeah, we felt uncomfortable to stand out or do something different. So I swung the complete other way and I'd wear like a, a t-shirt with a giant picture of a fox in the front because I liked foxes and I'd wear like scarves and all and the quirky hat and all stuff that it wasn't me but I would had to do that to step out of the confines of the kind of society based like wear something that everybody else thinks is going to look good or that you're going to fit in the environment that you're in so I went the complete polar opposite and then was able to kind of then slowly fade back into and settle into what I liked it's a bit like if someone's been really passive their whole lives and then they want to be assertive, they have to go to aggressive to find out what assertive is. You've got to test the waters to kind of level out. But one thing I found that's useful that I wanted to share around um, being yourself is when, because it's no one's like 100% authentic, because I'd say that's impossible, not even Gary Vee or anyone like that. But like, if you're practicing being you, the best way to return to that is to just call out when you're not because then you can return to that integrity of being yourself. So like when you catch yourself saying something that's not true, you can just call it out and um, say that that's not true. And then you can bring yourself Mm. back. So it's like being you is always a moment away because you can always return there by just saying, Oh yeah, I slipped up there or I messed up or I wasn't being real or wasn't being honest. And it's un- it'll be uncomfortable in that moment because you've got to be honest about being dishonest, which most people don't like doing. You know, we all kind of run around putting up a front and it's like, don't call me out and I won't call you out. Mm. Um, but if you've got the courage to do that, then it can be really transformative. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I'm I'm curious then, like, how how do you see this whole conversation fitting into, like, you know, I guess what some people would call the law of attraction. I know, I know that's something that you've been pretty big on in the past, like with where you're coming at it from now and, you know, what you've been seeing differently more recently, like how do you see this fitting in, in that conversation? The law of attraction is one that always interests me because I will let go of it for a while and then something bizarre will happen and it just like slaps me in the face and I'm like, it's just too crazy the synchronicities of I'll, I'll be thinking of someone and then they immediately message me and it's just too too much in your face to ignore but the way I look at that with the law of attraction is there's things that we can't explain and that we can't prove are not true so we just have to be open to the fact that they could be true I can't prove that lo- the law of attraction is true or real but I can't disprove that it's not so that means that I stay open to the possibility that it's real so I know that when I'm believing in it and trusting in it, things happen and it's pretty powerful. But for me, it just goes more, I'm quite a practical person and I like to see things and know how they work. And it's more just understanding that the way that we're being and what we're believing in life is like a filter that's creating our experience. And so we attract into our lives the things that are happening in that way. So if we look at boundaries, for example, 
if you set your boundaries, your goals and your boundaries, they start to become a filter for what happens in your life and what doesn't happen. And therefore you're attracting um, certain people into your life. Whereas if you don't have them and you don't set them, then you're going to be attracting what you're unconsciously thinking about anyway. Now, whether there is something bigger than us that's like aligning all of that, I'm just open to the to the possibility that that might be true. But I don't put too much weight on that to to organize my whole life. I just know that I've got the power to create what I focus on and what I believe to be true in the moment. And that's what I believe to be true about myself is the world that I'm living in. Like if I'm being confident and I'm being authentic and I'm uh, liking who I am, then that's what I'm going to be attracting and getting because that's literally what I'm going to be filtering um, versus if I believe that I'm not good enough and I can't do the things I want to do, then I'll get more of that because it just it's like an on and off switch of what we're attracting or what we're actually doing. Mm, I like that. I like that. And there's something in, in what you just said that I, I don't think I've ever thought about it this way before. And I'm, I'm here for people to tell me that I'm wrong. But <laughs> the word attraction to me is like attract plus action, attraction. And it's like, you can't have attraction without the action. And it's like, you know, I think, I think where I've seen the the law of attraction kind of falls down a little bit. It's like, oh, I'm going to write down this stuff that I want on a bit of paper. And then I'm just going to like wait for it to fall in my lap and happen. More often than not, it doesn't work. Like there needs to be, you need to meet the universe halfway. You know, if the universe is really going to provide for you, which is kind of what, you know, I see the law of attraction being is like the universe is going to provide the things that we want. Then we need to meet it halfway through the action that we're taking. You know, if we're taking the action towards the thing, then yeah, we probably will attract it towards us. But without the action, the whole thing falls down as much as without the attracting part, the whole thing falls down. And, um, but yeah, like, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on so, that? Yeah, 100% agree with that. And um, what I would say is, if you think of someone who, right, law of attraction works, I believe in it 100%, I'm into it, let's go. What do they have to do to make that real? They're going to have to, do the action of each day writing down or focusing on what they want to attract and sit there and do that. That actually takes a, quite a lot of energy and effort because it's a active process. The thought of like closing your eyes and visualizing what you want isn't passive. It's very, mm. very active because you're having to think. And we're in a world that is very passive. Like it doesn't take any thinking to open your phone and scroll because you're being stimulated by the outside. And guess what? They're telling you what to attract because they're giving you what they're giving you. So you just get that. And that's what's going in. Whereas when you're thinking about what you want to attract in your life, what you're doing is generating thought in your mind towards what you want. So that as a process is an action that will then start to do things. And that can be like your little stepping stone of your lifting like the the two kilogram dumbbells to warm up. Mm. So then you start thinking about it and you make it a discipline discipline of every day. Here are the three things that I want to create in my life in the next 12 months. And I'm going to sit and I'm going to run through them one at a time in my mind and visualize already having them now and what that feels like now. That actually genuinely takes effort. And there's not a lot of people that commit to that process and do it. And the people that do get generally get quite good results because then now they're focused on it 
then each day they start to look for opportunities and then can get into the actions. But 100%, it, you, you speed up the process by getting an action because you also might find out that the thing that you're trying to manifest or that you want isn't actually what you want because you start mm. taking a few actions and then you go, oh, that's piqued my curiosity. Let's move in that direction. But it's definitely a generative process. And um, it's it's realizing that it takes energy in order to do that. Mm. Yeah, I think I think the the energy part's key, isn't it? It's like the, the give and receive of energy. It's like if you're willing to give the energy towards the thing, then you can be open to receiving it back. But until you're until you're open to giving, then the door to receive is closed. It's like you've got to give first in order to receive. Whereas whereas people think like, oh, I'll receive and then I'll give. But like, no, like you, if you open the door to give, then the door is now open to receive. Whereas if the door stays closed from your giving side, then it's closed for the receiving side as well. Yeah, I think I think it's the law of exchange that talks talks about that a little bit. But yeah, you know, if we're just taking, 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 we're out of balance. It's just not going to be in harmony. It's not going to work. But we do need to give in order to create something. And the I've been there before many times where I'm just expecting stuff to happen. And it's like, well, I want just I want this stuff, but I don't want to do anything in order to get it. And I always remember El Nightingale said, you know, if you want a fire, you've got to put the wood on first. You've got to put the logs on first. Mm. To, you've got to go and get them and put them on the on there to then create the fire. It's not just going to sit there and it's going to happen. And Gary Vee, you know, I think he's got a book called like Jab, 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 Right Hook. I've not read it, but the whole you get the premise of you give, 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 and then you can ask. But what mm. people do is they just ask, 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 ask. And don't even give or they give a little. And if we if we look at it in regards to like a relationship, if you've got a relationship and, and one person is doing everything, they're putting in all the effort, they're asking the other person how their day is and they're listening to them. They're going and doing the shopping and they do the cooking and they appreciate the other person and they're doing all the stuff and then the other person just shows up when they want, they go and do what they want. They're not really that interested that relationship is doomed to not work because one person is giving the other person is taking. But versus if you take a relationship where two people are both giving to each other, like, you know, what can I do for you today? Or I know that you like this. So let me, I went and got you this and, and, and they're appreciating each other and they're both giving. It's not like they're both going to just be having the best relationship ever because they're putting into it and then they're going to get out. But the caveat with this, and probably the most important part is, it doesn't count if you give with expectation, because now you're not giving, you're, you're, you're expecting, and you're also in a place of need. It's like, I learned this myself, where I used to open doors for people, and I'd want them to say thank you, and I'd be really disappointed when they didn't, and I'd have this little debate in my head like who's this person i'd open the door and they'd walk through and then i'd be annoyed about it and that's how i was living my life because i was like doing things expecting to get something back and you're occasionally someone will say yes and you feel good for two seconds and then you're on to the next thing that you're giving to get something back and it was only when i got caught this and i realized that i was playing the game wrong and it's well if you give without any expectations you just created a shortcut to fulfillment and happiness because 
if you you're giving because you want to do it because it's something that you want to do it's like giving someone a present and you see the joy when they open it but the fun comes in like selecting it and giving it but if i'm well i start opening a door because that's how i choose to live my life and what i want to do it's like i i like doing that and i don't care if they say like thanks or not i'm always happy because i'm like i just did something cool and it's great and i gave someone a gift and there's a, there's obviously an element of karma to it if you believe in that but because that you know there's these laws of exchange going on and it's like cause effect and all this stuff going on but at the end of the day you don't want anything back so you're the one kind of giving versus needing because it's it's this difference between abundance and scarcity if we're giving mm. wanting something back we're always fearful that the other person has what we want because the person saying thank you has what i want the thank you versus i have what they want which is opening the door Mm. so and what would you say then like i'm just thinking anyone who's listening to this is is, is it could be i don't know I'm, I'm making assumptions here but could be thinking yeah but if i keep on giving then i'm gonna run out of you know time energy whatever i can't i can't just always give like what, what would you say to that i'd say that it comes from a place of there's only a finite amount to give it's like energy saying that there's only a finite amount of energy, but energy is everything. The whole universe is energy, which is infinite because the universe is infinite. The universe doesn't run out. You don't go, right, I got to the end, I got past the earth and I got past Pluto and now there's nothing, there's like a wall there. It's like, no, it goes on forever because it's infinite. And we're like that. And we're like that in the fact that we're made of energy. So if it's time and effort, yeah, I mean, maybe only have enough time on the planet will choose to give to people that you want to give to. I'd also say that as well. Don't give things you don't want to give because what's the point of that? Give things you want to give. Like as a coach, I'm a coach because I love doing it. Quite often I have an initial call with someone and we'll have a and I'll give them everything I've got and we'll have a powerful conversation. And they'll say, well, you know, aren't you, you're giving away your time and you're giving away your your energy and, and your focus and everything I'm not because I want to be there because I love doing it so I'm choosing to give things that I like giving and do it because I want to do it so I'm not going to run out of energy and if I do I'm running out of energy doing something that I enjoy mm. versus I remember years ago when I first like started to let go of because this is the other part of, of giving is you prove to yourself that you can give and not die and you can give and not yet the, the idea you know of like giving and then running out of energy comes from a place of never having given before so it's scary it's like anything we've not done and when for me i had this and i still get it even at the moment it's been present for me i've been aware of it like i don't have enough time because i've been busy in my business and with my family and everything and it's like, i don't have enough time you start holding on to it and people are messaging do you want to meet up and, no no i don't have enough time and you're living in this scarcity world but it comes from not having let go of that. And previously when I had that, I decided that I wanted to volunteer because I wanted to be able to give um, and see what that felt like and give without expectation. And I first off like volunteered in a, um, it was like a food a place where they, they provided food for homeless people. And I was in a kitchen like chopping up the food and stuff and met some really cool people, but it just wasn't my bag. I didn't really enjoy it. And so if I'd carried on doing that, I would have been just giving to do that for charity because I think that that's what I should do. 
but I tried some different stuff and ended up like doing face-to-face support for people that are suicidal. And that lit me up because mm. I saw that I, I really connected with the people that were there and I felt real compassion for them and I really wanted to help them. And then it became of, I'm going to give my Saturday afternoon and I didn't want anything back. And sometimes I would show up and I'd prepare myself and the person that I was there to see wouldn't turn up like the the person that I was going to help that day. And I'd done all the mental thing and I'd catch like, oh, you know, here's me giving up my Saturday afternoon and they don't turn up. But I was choosing to be there. And the fact that I was there gave them the opportunity to show up. But it was more about, I was doing something that I actually felt um, interest in and that I wanted to do versus if I'd gone and carried on doing like the chopping up food, I would have been giving but not really what i would choose to do so mm. again another part of this comes down to like choice and when we feel like we have to do something or i should do something we're always going to be like our expectations don't match up reality mm. and that and that and that the the expectation thing is quite a big one as well isn't it it's like if if, if we set our expectations way too you know high or too far ahead then that there's a point where it's like well we're always going to leave ourselves disappointed you know we're, we're, we're playing a disappointment game whereas if we're more intentional with our expectations and again it kind of ties in nicely to the earlier part of the conversation about being authentic if our if our expectations are authentic to us like with you and the and the, the homeless thing it's like yeah, like being in the kitchen chopping up the the vegetables didn't feel authentic to you. It didn't feel like it was lighting you up. Whereas being there and having conversation and giving support to people lit you up way more. And the, then the expectation that you had of yourself within that grew because the 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 um, the point of entry of the expectation was in in alignment with who you are, or like what's authentic to you. And I think there's a part of it where it's like we just you know the expectations can 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 be left too open and i've seen that you see it in relationships you can have expectations of people like you you know you get the example of like opening doors for people expecting a thank you your expectations that every time i open a door someone's going to say thank you and when someone doesn't all right then now i'm annoyed right and now i have this thing going on in my head and it happens in so many different areas of our lives whereas actually if we if we make an agreement or if we you know, get clearer on what is in alignment with us and what's true for us or, or whatever it may be, then the expectation doesn't feel like it's leaving us so short in, in the long run anyway. It feels like we're playing a more, um, I guess, authentic game. We're, we're playing we're playing in alignment with ourselves rather than like, oh, let me just, you know, try a bunch of shit and then see what happens. It's like, well, no, let's, let's play in alignment first. And then from that place, we might want to, try a load of stuff and see what what feels better but if we're just trying to uh figure out how to be aligned by trying stuff then we're probably gonna you know our expectations are going to be quite high there and then we're going to come in quite quite low on the uh on, on probably what we get out of it side of things it's one of the biggest causes of dissatisfaction unnecessary suffering is when our expectations don't match up what we get um, the gap between the two creates an immense amount of mental discomfort and, and suffering. Um, and we all do it, but it's being able to catch it and shift that is is really useful. 
and there's a couple of different like distinctions or areas around this one is that i've found really 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 useful in life is to take away rather than an expectation or a demand of somebody else or something that it has to be like this is just to change it to a preference it's so subtle but the amount of difference that can make in how we feel about ourselves or a situation is is dramatic so it could be a goal that you're going to go and give a talk and you have this expectation that this has to be the best talk in the world and if you have that expectation then you put so much pressure on yourself that it has to be perfect that you can't enjoy it versus if you just change it to a preference of I'd really really love this talk to go well but if it doesn't that's all right I'll, I'll be okay with that it doesn't sound like much, but the, the difference is massive. And we we had a conversation around this um, a, a couple of months ago uh, while I was coaching with you. And uh, I was getting really caught up in my thinking because I was running a, a workshop for some um, poker players as part of a, a group that I'm a mindset coach for. And uh, it, it was a topic that was really important to me. And because it was important to me, this then had to be the most best group session that I'd ever run. And I was like so stressed and caught up in that, feeling like it had to be amazing and it had to be perfect. And it was only when we had a conversation around it that I saw that was happening. And I was able to take it from, rather than this has to be perfect, it just has to drop back to just, it's gotta just happen. That's all, and I can then enjoy it. And I opened the session up by letting everybody know that that's what was happening for me. Because that was part of the session was around expectations as well and putting that pressure on ourselves. And again, that's my way of like restoring that authenticity and feeling comfortable in myself is just being all right that that happens. Because one of the things I put on myself a lot is like the pressure that being a coach, I have to have all my stuff together and I have to be perfect. I'm like a life coach and my life should be perfect and no one's life's perfect and nobody has everything sorted and figured out. And being all right with that is, is a great way of not being an expectation of, I want my life to be great in all areas, but taking the expectation off to a preference of, I would like it to be means it's more likely that it's going to be because I don't have that pressure on it so I can enjoy it. So that's like one key kind of distinction is between like a, a demand that it has to be how I want it to be versus a preference of I'd rather it's not. It's just, we can apply that to so many different areas of our life, whether it's going to give a talk or other people judging us. Like no, I, nobody must judge me because otherwise I'm going to get really upset when someone judges me versus I really don't like it when people judge me, but if they do, I get that people judge. So I'll deal with that. So that's mm. one. And then the other one is the, especially with other people, but also with ourselves is that, expectations versus agreements when we've got like the expectations on ourselves for I expect myself to get up at 6am and I expect myself to go for a run at lunch and I expect myself to and I'll quite often do this where I'll sit down with a client and we'll go through like what do you expect to do with your day because they know they're not aware of this it's not something they've written down or looked at it's just going on in their head and the well I expect to yeah go get up at six go for a run um, pick up the kids um, be in all these meetings, do all these reports. And I go, is that realistic that you could actually achieve that in a day? And they're like, wow, why am I doing this to myself? Like putting mm. so much pressure on myself. 
And then we say, well, what would be realistic? And even starting there, it's never going to be realistic because we always expect more of ourselves than we actually can do. But then when you actually line that up with reality a bit more of, okay, maybe I'm going to take three or four things out and actually give myself a break during the day. Um, it's the, the closer we are to reality, our expectations line up with that, the more congruent we feel. And that's why, again, it comes back to the gap of, if our expectations and how things are really far apart, we get a, it's just a horrible feeling. Because mm-hmm. that's why, like, well, I should be married and have two kids and have £100,000 in the bank and all this stuff. And if it's not there, then it's just unsatisfying. Mm, I love that. And that's a great example of, like, just in, in a day, how much we can expect of ourselves subconsciously. Like, we don't, it's not like you said, it's not like we've written these things down and we're like, okay, this is what I expect. It's just like mentally we expect way too much of ourselves sometimes whereas like when we see that actually what is realistic in this time frame then it seems well a a personal experience a lot less scary and b a lot more achievable and then i have more fun doing it you know i'm not like oh manic about it i'm like you know okay cool like this is i can i can do this in a fun way and what i'll say that is I believe is really important around this is that those expectations are not ours. How mm. much I can do in a day, what my body needs to look like, what how much I exercise. We think that those are our expectations, but they're not. They're, they're something that we either got from society because they tell that us that's how we should look or that's how hard we should work or it's from a parent growing up or it's from a group of people hanging around growing up and they were all doing that or it's what we read in the articles and they say you should be like productive like this but it's not actually us and if we're talking if we want to be authentic and figure out what is us is looking at all of that and saying is that actually what I want my life to look like is that actually what I want my expectations for myself to be but yeah maybe I want high standards because I want to perform well and achieve lots in my life but I want like whip myself into into doing that and and just force myself into doing more than I can because I think that I should and then it's just then rather than having the expectations actually creating what would I like my life to look like maybe I actually want to give myself permission to be kinder to myself or have more breaks or Mm. do things completely differently because I had this I had a really difficult time so before coaching I played poker professionally and and did that for nine years and poker, your lifestyle is very, very different to the nine to five because you'll be up, um, you know, playing poker till like three, four a.m. You might get up at midday, and living in a society world of like nine to five, it's very, very different. And so, having the expectations that everybody else has are very, very different, and it's a, it it completely doesn't match up. And so. I had to adjust there to get used to being different and, and doing things in a different way and having conversations with people. Oh, you don't pay tax? No. Mm-hmm. And getting the judgment for that and, and and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it's really kind of just figuring out what thoughts are our own and what expectations are our own and what have come from other people or society and what, mm. do, we, what do we want to choose to live by? Mm. And it's like when we when we do choose how we want to live and we create it for ourselves, 
then we can step into that and live into that a lot more powerfully and authentically, you know, um, which I think is, I've definitely seen it in my own life and it's, it's beautiful really. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, th this has been an incredible conversation, man. And I, I want to, you know, thank you for the, for the time. Um, so if anyone who's listening to this and they want to find out more about what you do and where they can find you, um, where's the best place? Yeah, so anyone can connect with me on all kind of forms of social media at The Perception Coach. You can find me on Instagram at The Perception Coach and direct message me there. Um, or just go through to the website, which is theperceptioncoach.com. And there's links there where you can connect with me. And oh, also, and I've got a podcast myself, The Perception Coach Podcast, which is on Spotify. Um, and you can find all sorts of links and methods to connect with me there and find my email there as well awesome thank you dude hope you have a great rest of the day great thanks so much for having me i've really enjoyed it